more and more here as a church. A heart that would see people in their need for Christ and have a passion to share the Jesus that we love with them. And the scripture in Ephesians 4.1 tells us that God gave some to be evangelists. And I believe that is one of the gifts that God has given Amanda. The challenge for us, however, is not to say, well, then sharing Jesus is for those evangelists. Yes, it is for them, but it's also for all of us. That God has called all of us to be lights in this world, to be those who speak of Christ. And so I'm excited to have Amanda with us this morning. Let's give an applause for her. Amanda, come on up. Father, I thank you for the anointing that's upon Amanda. Lord, we open our hearts to hear your word through her to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Okay, am I on? Awesome. <laughs> I promise this is not just the Amanda show today, with me being up here a few different times. Um, but to be honest, when Kent emailed me, when we were in South Africa and he asked if I would be willing to speak when we came back, I was so excited and I was like, yes, of course. And we went back and forth. I wasn't sure when we'd be back, but I was like, when I come, yes, I would love to speak because I love getting an opportunity to speak about Jesus. And like Kent said, I really do have a passion for evangelism because for me, I know what it's like to live without him. And for that reason, I want everybody to know his love because I've experienced that that darkness, that confusion, that despair um, without knowing Jesus. So today I'm going to be speaking about letting your light shine. And I know that that might be a cliche term for, for us who've grown up in the church, but I think that we can always use a reminder of the importance of sharing with boldness the hope and the joy and the love that we have so freely received from the Lord. So I want to start by playing a video just to set the tone for what I'm going to be talking about today. So, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Instead, they set it on a lampstand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So I love the illustration of light in this video. 
And for me, I'm a visual learner, so seeing something like that speaks to me. I can visually see the impact of a bright light in the midst of swirling darkness. And even when I came to know Jesus, this imagery was so powerful for me because this world is full of darkness, as we know. There's so much pain and brokenness and hurt, and it's beautiful to see that Jesus is the light in the middle of that darkness. And so many of us have heard the song, This Little Light of Mine, right? If you grew up in church, you know it. We do some fun hand motions to it. I thought about singing it to you today, but I figured I'd spare you. So um, some of the words say, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And one of the subsequent verses, it says, hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. So as I was preparing my sermon, I was thinking about just the deep biblical truth of these words. The fact that we have been given a light when we come to know Jesus. He is the light of the world. And when we come to know him, that light comes in and it dwells in us. We who were once full of darkness are filled with his light. And the rays of his light are meant to shine on everyone around us. So then why does it say, hide it under a bushel? No. Well, it's because we are able to actually dim that light. And when it says in the verse, to let your light shine, it's saying that we are to allow the light to shine, which means that we have an active role in letting that light come forth. And at the same time, we can end up dimming that light or hiding it from the world. So in John chapter 8, I just want to reiterate these verses as we talk about this today. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And it is that very same word for light that Jesus uses when he speaks to his disciples in Matthew 5. And he says, as it said in the video, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. How appropriate. We're City Hill Church, right? (laughs) Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. The point of letting our light shine is so that God would be glorified. It's not to draw attention to ourselves. It's not so that people see the good things we do and say, awesome job. It's so that people would see the manifest glory of God, his brightness in the midst of this dark world. And this word that Jesus uses for light in both of those verses in the Greek is phos, which means to shine or make manifest the light or brightness. And I love that he uses this illustration of light because it transcends time, culture, and location. So no matter what decade you grew up in or no matter what country you live in, we understand this concept of light. And we understand what it does, right? Because when you see a light, what does it do? It overpowers darkness. So if there's a room full of darkness and a light comes in, there's no way that the darkness can overcome it. Light is unmistakable. When you see light, you know that it's light. Um, It also fills the space that it's in, and it brings warmth. So these same qualities and characteristics of light um, are things that we should be living out as Christians. So why don't we shine this light? Why don't we let it shine? Why do we prevent it from shining at its fullness as we're called to? I was thinking about the list of reasons, and it's pretty long. There are a lot of different reasons maybe we don't let our light shine. And I'm going to list off a few. So maybe we're afraid of offending people. Um, Maybe we're afraid of making people uncomfortable. Maybe we're ashamed. 
Maybe we're too busy. I think that that's a big one because the U.S. is the most overworked, developed nation in the entire world. And oftentimes when someone's like, hey, how are you? You're like, I'm busy. And it's almost like a token of achievement to be busy, busy, busy. And I'm so guilty of this. I say it all the time. But are we too busy to actually stop for the person that God has in front of us and let our light shine, to let his glory be made known on the earth? The main, uh, the main issue I want to focus on today in preventing our light from shining is distraction. And I think that we are one of, in the, one of the most distracted ages that has ever existed. And I can speak for my generation. I know that we are completely distracted, largely in part due to these. How many of you have one of these in your hand right now? Hold it up. Yeah, well, that's good. Not as many as I thought. <laughs> that's great. But I am sure that almost everyone in this room has a cell phone, has a smartphone or a dumb phone, whatever you want to call it. So um, I love how Catholic father and social critic Ronald Rollheiser puts it. He says in this age, we are distracting ourselves into spiritual oblivion. And then this quote by John Ortberg, um, it'll be up here on the screen. It says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted and rushed and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will end up just skimming our lives instead of actually living them. And I think a very practical way that we end up doing this, skimming our lives and not actually living them, is by zoning in and being on our phones. It's a simple thing, but I've noticed it more and more and more just recently. How in an age where we have the ability to connect with anyone at any time, it's proven and statistically that we are more lonely and isolated than ever before, right? So the picture that I got as I was preparing for this, I just saw like, you know, people walking around on the earth in black and white. And then Jesus is calling us to bring light, to bring color. And a big reason um, I think that, that people are so distracted is because you're constantly, you're, we're constantly looking at our phones when we're walking around, when we should be engaging, when we should be interacting. And so I found this picture online and I was like, wow, that's exactly what I was, I was picturing. And it's crazy because all these people are together, but no one's interacting. And I think about us as believers, what an opportunity it is every time we step out our door to engage with people, to shine the light of Christ, to share about his goodness and his love. But how often do we end up just fixating on ourselves or zoning into our phones or thinking about the next eight things we have to do that day? There's opportunity everywhere, and God wants to move in people's lives. And so that's one of the things I want to encourage you today, is to eliminate the distractions that can prevent your light from shining. And if it's, if it's as simple as deleting some apps on your phone so that you don't look at social media all the time, then do it. Because the cost is too great. I don't think we're going to get to the end of our lives and be like, man... I really wished I spent more time on social media. I really wish that I sent a few more texts or, you know, spent more time reading articles. It's, we want to engage with people. We want to build relationships. And I'm not saying that our phones or technology is bad. By all means, like, I used my phone to prepare for this sermon. So there are definitely good things about it. But I think when it becomes an agent of numbing and distraction that prevents us from living in the fullness God has, that's where it can be dangerous. So just one statistic for you to kind of put this into perspective. The average cell phone user touches his or her phone 2,617 times per day. 
That's crazy. Sam first told me that, and I was like, what? There's no way I do that. But I'm sure if you counted, you know, it would be up to that number. And the top 10% touch their phones uh, more than 5,400 times a day. It's crazy. And I want to put up this image here just to really drive this home. So you can see how we spend our time throughout an average person's lifetime. And there are some necessary things like doing housework, socializing, and sleeping. Sleeping takes up a lot of time. But what I want you to look at is that it takes, a, it takes up almost 15 years of your life just looking at social media and watching TV. And this is just for an average person um, in the span of their lifetime. But I was thinking about that, and it was like, man, 15 years, that's so much time. And we're just looking at a screen. We're not even engaging with the world around us. It's, we're, we're living in a virtual reality in a sense. So... If there's anything you can get from this, maybe it can be a wake-up call to be like, man, there's so much more to experience in life than just here looking at this screen. And I think that that's such a big distraction from the enemy. It prevents us from be being in relationship one with one another, from engaging with the world around us. Another reason I think that we don't let our light shine is maybe we've forgotten how many people actually need the light. So of the 7.7 billion people on planet Earth, 2 billion people have never heard the gospel, have never heard the good news that Jesus came to Earth in the form of man, that God came to Earth, that he dwelled among us, that he died and he rose again so that we could have eternal life and hope in him. And to me, that is the best news there is. And Christmas is such an amazing time because people are open. They're open to talking about it. They're open to hearing about it. And people are longing for that hope that we have. I think it's so important to remember the joy of our salvation. Maybe for some of us, when we first encountered Jesus, it was a long, long time ago. But for me, when I came to know Jesus, I, it was like everything I had ever been searching for came into alignment in who he was. And for me, when I, I mean, I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I didn't grow up in the church. I got saved when I was 11. And 11 doesn't seem like a very mature age, but I'm telling you, I had all the same questions that a person has who's a grown adult. I was afraid of dying. I, I felt like my life had no purpose if it was just to be here and then I'm, I'm, I'm dead and I'm in the ground and life is over and then it just keeps on moving. I knew that there was something more. And I love the verse in Ecclesiastes where it says, God has put eternity in the hearts of men. It's because we have this longing for something more. We're not just bodies. We are... We, <laughs> We are created to be with God forever. And it's amazing that we have the, the opportunity to engage with God and connect with him and commune with him even on this earth, in our physical bodies. And that, you guys, is the difference between Christianity and every other religion. When you think about other religions, it's man trying to get to God, man trying to do X, Y, Z so that God can be pleased or that God, um, yeah, that God will be happy with with your actions, but in Christianity, God actually came to man. And for me, that is just so beautiful. The fact that God came to us, that God dwells with us right now, you know, not just when he walked on earth, but that Holy Spirit in us is active and living and working and moving, and that he is that living light inside of us. So Eden Prairie, you might think 
for those of you who live here or in the Minneapolis area, well, everybody's heard about Jesus. I don't need to tell anybody. But the truth is that a lot of people have not. And in Eden Prairie, we have so many different cultures, people from different countries, people from closed nations where you can't even share the gospel. And how much opportunity do you have every day when you walk out the door, when you go to the grocery store, when you engage? interact with your other kids' parents at school to actually shine that light, to bless people. And it's not just about converting people. It's about having people understand the the love that God has for them. And that's what what I love, is that it's not our mission to just go and... um, you know, be angry and try to get people to think the way we think. It's allowing people to experience his love. And I, I don't know about you guys, but for me, that's what transformed me, was experience, experiencing his tangible love and then having a relationship with him where God could speak and I could actually hear him. And he wants to do that same thing for every single person on this earth. So shining our light, in order to shine our light, we need to have an eternal perspective, right? We can't be so fixated and focused on this world that we forget that this life is just a blip. And Kent told me that one time he used um, in a sermon an illustration of a long, 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 long rope that went forever and, you know, on and on out the church and it had this little red piece to symbolize our life, you know, in the midst of eternity. And I just want to echo that, the fact that our life is just a mist, like it says in James. We're here for a while and then we're gone. But we actually live forever. And the reality is, is that when we're focused on heaven, when we have an eternal mindset, everything else falls into place. And I love the quote that says, be heavenly minded so you can be of earthly good. This world is not our home. And I love the image of us being pilgrims just traveling from this world to the next. And because of that, we should look different. The light that is in us should look so different than the world around us. And yeah, I would just challenge you to think about, man, does my life just look like everyone else's? Am I just weighed down with fear and worry and anxiety and sadness, you know, when, when I've been given the joy of the Lord that is unlike anything on this earth? It's a foretaste of heaven. And so that should get us excited to go out and share the good news about who Jesus is and what he has done for us. In the old hymn, it says, Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. And I love those last two verses. When we look in the face of Jesus, when we have an encounter with him, the rest of the world just kind of fades away. And it kind of goes, goes to black, goes, goes to gray. And when we look to him, it's just in vibrant color. So, do we believe that what Jesus said in Scripture is true about life, about death, about money, about eternity? Do we prioritize him first and foremost, or do we put other things above him? Do we actually trust what he says? Because if we do, our lives should look like it. We should be shining brightly. And I'm the first to say that I don't always live this way. And there have been several seasons throughout my life where my focus just goes back on myself. And that is the quickest way for me to fall into depression and anxiety and just being overcome with worry. But when my eyes are fixed on Jesus, when my mind is on eternal things, when I'm spending time with him each day, I feel like I'm fully alive. And I would encourage you guys to do that same thing, you know? Actually spend time with him. Abide in him. And that's the next thing that I wanted to talk about. Um, 
was abiding in Jesus, how we can't really let our light shine in and of our own strength. We have to abide in him, and then it naturally will just flow. So there's one more, one scripture I just want to share. 2 Corinthians 4, it says, So we do not lose heart. Though our outer self is wasting away and our inner, self, our inner self is being renewed day by day. For this light momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. It is an honor and a privilege to be a vessel that shines the light of Christ. And so like I was saying, abiding, communing with Jesus is a way that that can actually happen. And that looks like actually spending time with him. Instead of your phone being the first thing you look at in the morning, taking time and speaking to him. Asking him if there's something he wants to say to you. And I know sometimes that can be awkward, but it's seriously the best way to start your day. And for those of us who feel like we're constantly running from thing to thing to thing, what about in that in-between time when you're in the car driving, praying, speaking, speaking out your heart to God, or when you're in the shower? If our number one priority in life isn't growing in relationship with Jesus, then we're missing the point. Because it's so easy for other things to take that place. And even for me, just having a baby, you know, it's so easy for that to come into first place. But it's not. It's, that shouldn't be my first priority. Because, and Sam and I were talking about it the other day, that both of us are the best version of ourselves, the best husband, the best wife, the best friend, when we are abiding in Christ. When we're actually putting him first and being filled with his love so we can pour it out to the people around us. So the missions organization that we work for, um, Youth with a Mission, the mission statement is to know God and make him known. And it's a small phrase, but I think that that just sums it up. The goal of our lives should be to know God, to personally, intimately know him, and to make him known. And when we look at the life of Jesus, we see an example of what it looks like in the most pure, perfect way to shine your light, to let your light shine. Jesus was not focused on himself. He came so that he could, he could love the people around him, so that they could experience the love of God. He modeled intimacy with the Father, hearing his Father's voice and doing his will. He was so full of the agape, selfless love of God that it just overflowed out of him onto the people around him. His life was marked by radical selflessness, and we live in a world that is consumed with selfishness. So we're basically trying to swim against this current that says, you know, do what's best for you, be safe, you know, stay in this stream. But actually, God is calling us to do things that make us really uncomfortable a lot of the time. And I mean, even for me, moving across the world, being away from my family, it's not necessarily what I want, you know, because a lot of times I, I really want to be with my family in comfort, in safety. But I'm telling you, it's the best thing ever because I know that it's what God has called me to do, and I will do it. I don't care what he calls me to do, what the cost is. It's so worth it. So for us as Christians to to know Jesus, to hear his voice, and then to act out of that is living out of our relationship with God. Instead of just, you know, following a set of standards or, or being religious, it's about that relationship. And I know most of us know this already, but maybe it's just another reminder today that it's not just about doing the right thing for the sake of doing it. It's about knowing God and having that love flow out of us. 
Psalm 1611 says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. And when I came to know Jesus, I experienced a joy that was unlike anything I've yet to experience on this earth. It was so foreign, this, this level of joy and, and knowledge of the reality of knowing Jesus. It's so beautiful. And he is the path of life and people are longing for him. People are longing for the light. In 1 Peter 3.15, it says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. And with this verse, I love it, because it just is a reminder that we need to be constantly ready and, and looking for the opportunities that God has placed before us. So when I was in college, I worked um, at a restaurant, and I was a server, and it was a really, really fancy place. And um, every time I would go in, you know, it's just beautiful. It, was, it had a beautiful view of the lake, and it was just gorgeous. And from the outside, you know, it looked amazing. But when I would step in, I would always kind of feel this heaviness, this darkness there. And, you know, it was, it was in, that, in, a, in a time where I was really, really growing and, and just... Um, thriving in my relationship with the Lord, and I would go into work so excited just to love people, just to have people experience God's love. And there were several times when I was working there that either my coworkers or people around me would be like, why are you so happy all the time? And they would just kind of be irritated, like almost like, you shouldn't be this happy. And I was thinking about it, and it's like, well, even me, like being a server, you know, I'm a broke college student. I'm just trying to make my way, and I just had the joy of the Lord. And it was so cool to me that people could notice it. You know, and then that gave me a wide open opportunity to be like, well, it's because I know Jesus and it's because this is what he's done in my life. And it wasn't just saying it to say it. It's, it's real to me um, because he really did. He rescued me out of d- darkness and despair and depression and he brought me into the glory of his kingdom full of life and joy and peace that transcend anything in this world. So how often do we actually leave ourselves open and available to reach the people around us? Like I said before, a lot of times we're distracted. We're looking at our phones. When God might have placed someone in your life for such a time as this. In Acts 4.29, it says, Grant your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of Jesus. And then in Acts 4.31, it says, When they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So in these two verses, it talks about having boldness, not coming from ourselves, but coming from Holy Spirit. So when we believe in Jesus and, and God is dwelling within us, Holy Spirit is the one that gives us this boldness to share our faith, to let our light shine. And this boldness, the word means free and fearless confidence, cheerful courage and assurance. And so in order to let our lights shine, we need to have an eternal perspective. We need to abide in Christ. And then also we need to be willing to have that boldness to share our testimony and to share the word of God. Because you can have that light shining so brightly within you and then maybe you have an encounter with somebody where you're like, man, I really feel like God is speaking to me about this person and then you can just be like, well, I'm not going to say it. Boldness. There's power in sharing your testimony and in sharing the things that God has put on your heart. And the thing that I love is that we serve a God who actually speaks, who actually wants to to tell you things. And how many of you have ever received an encouraging word from someone that the Lord has shared with you? And it's, it's, 
it's changed your life in the way that it's spoken to you. I know for me, yeah, I, I have as well. I mean, even in our prophetic gatherings here at church, some powerful things have been spoken. And so you have that same ability. God just doesn't just speak to some of us. He speaks to all of, all of us. So reaching the lost and shining your light means surrendering your schedule, being present, and being willing. Willing to get out of your comfort zone, willing to be inconvenienced, but for the greatest reason, that people would come to know their Savior and Deliverer, the one that they're longing for, the light that they're searching for, but they just don't know it's there. So my question to you is, who are you missing? Who is in front of you every day? Who are you encountering that maybe God wants to speak to, but you just haven't taken the time to ask or seek God about it? I just want to share a few stories to make this practical because when I met with Kent before, when I went, we went over my sermon, he was like, you just need to throw some Amanda stories in there. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> um, because like he said, I really do love evangelism and I love just living, living a life of adventure with God where you just never know what he's going to do, but you're willing to step out and be bold. So there was one time when I was in Starbucks, and I remember um, there was a guy there, and I just felt led to say, you know, God bless you. And he turned to me, and he was like, God bless you too, and pray for me. And, and then I ended up just sitting with him and talking for a while and ministering to him and speaking some things that God had shown me over him. And then at the end of that conversation, he had talked about how he had been running from his calling, and it ended up being just a really pivotal moment. And I just think about, I could have missed that if I would have just been zoned in on myself. And it was, it brings me so much joy to see other people experience that same love because God's love is not limited. It's not like, man, I've received his love and now I just want to keep it for myself. It's so great. It's, there's so, you, you experience even more joy when you share it because that's how God's designed it. He wants us to freely give it out everywhere that we are. There was another time that Sam and I were with our friend at dinner and our waitress came up and then our friend was just like, you know, like she, she just started speaking, speaking to the woman about who God made her to be and like deep stuff about her. I mean, prophetic things. And so she just starts crying and it was so beautiful because it was spot on. And in that moment, I was like, man, she is bold. Like she's bold just doing this right here in this lady's workplace. But it ended up ministering to that woman and blessing her in a way that I could never imagine, you know? And then at the end of dinner, she was like, okay, um, we should each just ask God if there's anything else he wants to say to her and then write it on the receipt for her so she can have it. And we did, and she was so overwhelmed by the love of God in that encounter. It was crazy. And it's how often do we go out to dinner, you know? And it was just amazing to see that in just a commonplace occurrence like that, God's glory could be made known. His light could shine and just light up the place, you know? Another uh, situation that I love being in is on an airplane, and I've flown many times throughout my years, and my mom, it got to a point where when I would come off the airplane, my mom was like, okay, give it to me. Who'd you talk to this time? <laughs> and I love it because when you're sitting on an airplane, you have the opportunity to talk to someone for however many hours. I think the most I ever talked to someone was like a four-hour flight in a row. It was, and it's amazing because people are longing for that connection, and it's cool what happens when you just ask people about themselves. And I, as I was kind of reflecting on these different conversations I've had with people and the prayers that I've, that I've had with people and just the things God has spoken, there were, it's, it's crazy the range that God has kind of brought um, in these encounters. So, um, yeah, it's ranged from like, 
uh, an ex-pastor who was kind of running away from the church and who was really discouraged um, to a guy who was on his way to like a sound healing conference, like a very new age thing. There was a woman who was extremely brokenhearted. She was um, middle-aged and we just sat and talked for a long, long time. There was a, there was a girl who had just received the results and she was waiting on to know if she had a terminal illness or not. And she was an atheist and just was in a space where she needed to just vent and talk. And I was able to just yeah, speak God's truth over her and pray with her and talk to her about Jesus. Um, And then there was a guy in the military who was just searching for the meaning of life. He had had all these experiences and just was kind of, yeah, wide open. And I just think about how cool it is that God brings people into our path that we have the opportunity to bless and to share his love with. And those are just some experiences from my life that I've had, but I can't wait to get to heaven and just see like all the things that God has done throughout the course of my life and all the people that he's brought into my path and, you know, the opportunities that he's given me. And he, he does the same for you. And it might look different. It might not look like talking to a person next to you on an airplane. And I know we all have different personalities types, but like Kent said, we're all called to be a light. We're all, all, all called to share the good news of Jesus, and that can be in word and deed, and it can be just reaching out or praying for someone at work if they're going through a hard time and not being afraid, you know, like, oh, what are they going to think if I want to pray for them? God moves so powerfully in prayer, and the thing is, and I say this, I, I say this with all love and respect, but it's not about you, The point is about Jesus, and if we want people to know him, we have to be willing to be uncomfortable. So, um, yeah, instead of checking out, I just encourage you to spend time with God. Abide. Be heaven-minded. Look to him, and he will fill you with his light and glory. And the verse in Psalm 34, 5, I love it. It says, those who look to him are radiant, and their faces will never be ashamed. And one example that I have of this, as I was just reflecting, um, was when I was working in San Francisco, and I worked there for two summers in this district that's basically all of the homeless population lives there. It's called the Tenderloin. And I would, I mean, this is when I was young. I was in college and just walking around every day, and I was just so full of, like, the joy of the Lord that I loved being there. I was like, this is the best. There's nowhere else I want to be, because people were so open and willing and searching. I mean, there were like needles strewn all over the, the sidewalk. People were doing drugs everywhere. Um, people were, you know, in and out of police cars. But I, I loved it because it just seemed like the, the veil to heaven was so thin there. Like I could just hear God so clearly down there. Um, when I was working there. And there was one day and I was walking around and I was just praying and this guy like makes a beeline up to me and he walks up and he's like, you have light shining all around you. And then he just walks away. (laughs) And I just laughed because I was like, okay, he's probably on drugs, but I really think that he was seeing into the spirit because there's so much spiritually going on that we can't see, you know? And I just was like, man, thank you, God, because that guy... That was such an encouragement to me. Like, I'm walking around this place, and I can feel the darkness, but you've given me this light to where I can shine, and I can be happy anywhere. I mean, it was a place, you guys, that most people would be like, I don't want to be caught dead there. Like, when people found out afterwards that I was, like, walking around there every day, they were like, what were you thinking? And I was like, man, I've never been happier. And I wanted to move there, honestly, because God was doing such cool things. So, yeah, it was, it was so amazing. So... There's, there's one quote that I wanted to share from the book called Screwtape Letters, and it's by C.S. Lewis. And it's a book that um, is basically set up um, 
it's, well, it's written in the sense that it's an older demon named Screwtape writing to a younger demon named Wormwood, and it's all about tormenting Christians and kind of the spiritual battle that we're experiencing that, that we don't see. So it kind of puts that into words. C.S. Lewis did a phenomenal job, I think. So in this quote, I think it puts it very well um, how important it is for, for us to actually let our light shine and act and not just um, keep it to ourselves. So the quote says, The great thing is to prevent his, the Christian, from doing anything. As long as he does not convert it into action, it does not matter how much he thinks about this new repentance. Let him do anything but act. No amount of piety in his imagination and affections will harm us if we can keep it out of his will. As one of the humans has said, active habits are strengthened by repetition, but passive ones are weakened. The more often he feels without acting, the less he will be able to ever act, and in the long run, the less he will be able to feel. So in light of this um, quote, we need to act. We need to not just let it be a thing, that the light that comes into us and sits there. We need to actually let it shine. So eliminate whatever distractions you need to. The cost is too great because this world is perishing. It's a, this world is sick with sin and brokenness and pain, and we have the remedy. It's Jesus. It's the living light that is in us, and we get to shine it to the rest of the world around us. So this week, I want to challenge you a couple things. The first is to abide. Try to make that your first priority every day. And I know that this is so simple, but I mean, I've been following Jesus for 17 years, and I go through times where I don't make it my first priority. In the morning, speak to him. Don't just look at your phone. Like I said, actually pray. Engage with God. Ask him what he has for you. When you're out around with people, ask him if he has anything he wants to speak. And to be honest, I think you might be surprised about what God will do just with that small act of obedience. It's amazing what he does when we just lay ourselves before him. So go out, let your light shine, be the light of Christ in this world. And yeah, I hope that this has been encouraging to you today. I know for me, I felt like as I was preparing this, I was like, man, I'm preaching to myself because in this season where I was pregnant and having a, having a baby and a newborn, it's so easy to have my focus turn inward. And I'm the first to say that I wasn't really abiding in Christ this past season. But when I was writing this stuff out, I was like, oh my gosh, that's so good. I need to make him my first priority. And I was even starting to make changes as I was, as I was writing this and getting ready for this. So I hope it's an encouragement to you today. And I hope that you can take something and make it practical, even if it's deleting some apps on your phone. Uh, So to close, I'm just going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you are real, that you are here, that you engage with us, that you care deeply about uh, the things that we encounter each day, and that you've given us your light to shine to this world. I pray that this week that we would go out, that we would be bold, that we would have the boldness that comes from you, Holy Spirit, that we wouldn't be shy in sharing what you're doing in our lives or the words that you're giving us for other people. I thank you, Jesus, for your salvation, that you've set us free from the bonds of sin and death and darkness, that you've given us new hope in you and eternal life in you. So I just pray um, that anything that was not of you and my words I've spoken today would fall away, that the truth of your gospel would stick. And I just thank you for this time to gather together as a family today. In Jesus' name, amen.